Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. We have another story from one of our favorites today that may or or may not include spelling. And then I'm going to share my thoughts on what does focus mean. And of course, joining me once again for this and so much more, Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Man, it's been a good week so far. It has. So you sent me a text, or a few texts yesterday and mm-hmm. in the past few days. We, uh, we've we we've moved our podcast hosting platform um, to uh, kind of a cloud base. We were on J-Radio for years. Years and uh, about a year ago, they started having some issues with it, and, and it's, we grew too big. We grew too big, yeah. And uh, so, so we we moved over to a cloud based software, and um, you've got to, you've got the ability to pull back the curtain now and see a lot of the uh, analytics of where this podcast is going out. Te- tell us a little bit about where you're seeing this podcast being played right now. We're seeing from all over. Actually, the number one city that we're getting downloads from right now according to these analytics is Brussels, Belgium. And uh, we've had folks from Malaysia, from Poland, from Mexico, from uh, from all over the world. I have really to cool. think that that Brussels and especially the Poland, you know, the first podcast really that was released on this platform was Val's podcast. Yeah. Um, which I listened to yesterday. Incredible. She did. She did. She didn't read one thing. It didn't sound like. I wasn't in here when she was recording it, but she just went off the cuff and knocked yeah. it out of the park. Anyway, but I have to think that maybe their sphere of influence over there in Europe, uh, the Germany, because I know Tom spent some time in Germany, so maybe that's the tie in there. But yeah, if you're if you're in Brussels right now, if you're one of those hundred or so people that are listening, welcome. Yeah, yeah. For I don't sure. know. I don't know how you say welcome in Germany. Well, it's Belgium, but Belgium. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, of course, I don't know how this whole thing works because according to those analytics, there were no downloads in Northern Ireland. So it makes me wonder if somehow... If somehow their IP or yeah, something Yeah, maybe it goes through. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, there's folks in Europe listening to us for sure. Yeah, it's... And it's, a good number of them. It's fun to look and at those cool. numbers. You showed me the heat map all ago, and it's like it's lit up everywhere. So yeah. That's, yeah, uh, that's really cool. So if you're out there and you're listening, uh, no matter where you are, thank you so much for yeah. listening to us. We don't know why you listen to us, but we're glad that you do. And we're so honored that you will take the time to listen to us just talk about Jesus. Well, and again, you know, we don't we don't really do a lot of marketing for this podcast. We don't have a big marketing budget like some other podcasts do. Um, the way we get the word out is is you. That's right. Um, share it, rate it on your podcast platform. Um, give us a review. You know, we don't we don't need one stars. Uh, remember, if your mom always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, review us, comment on us. 
share us, like us. Um, if you like what you're listening to, that's how we get the word out. That's how people somehow in Brussels have found out about us. Somebody told them because we don't do any advertising. That's right. So that's, that's incredible. So keep helping us grow. You know, uh, talk about England right now. You know, we just had a court. Apparently, there's some kind of a king thing mm-hmm. going on over there in the United Kingdom. And they're doing this coronation thing. But I don't know what they were doing because my king wasn't there. I mean, he was there, but he wasn't seen. He wasn't on camera. Well, we're talking about the king of kings. The king of kings. Now, I know that Val and Tom... You know they were going to be having a, a like a, a neighborhood party oh, for the coronation. Cool. Yeah, because uh, they fall. Northern Ireland falls under the United Kingdom. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm not big into the whole. Uh, I guess it's, is it the monarchy? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a, a big follower of that. I know there's a, a ton of drama going on in it right now, but uh, um, but, but yeah, that's, that's we're cool. all over the the kingdom. That's right. Know. Right. For sure. Yep. For sure. <laughs> All right. Before we move on, let's talk about this week's sponsor, One Source Business Products. Barry Cates and all the team over there, uh, they are Dalton's only locally owned office supply company. If you're looking for office supplies, furniture, printing, janitorial, custom forms, or stamps, they have you covered, and the prices are right. That's why they compare and you save. Give them a call at 706-516-3900 or on the web. You can... You can reach out to any of our sponsors. Uh, you know the the you know the internet now has has made basically this a global economy. Everybody. So makes you have the opportunity to support our sponsors no matter where you live. So you can look them up at onesourcebp.com. Um, tell Barry and the whole team over there at One Source that Run for God sent you. They might even give you a discount, but for sure you'll be helping out a, a company that that helps out Run for God. Yeah. Amen. Hey, let's talk about our... We had a Facebook post last week that was really short, but said a lot. It came from Joni Aaron Adams, and it says this, 5K with hills, resistance really does make you better, stronger, healthier. I saw where a school is considering pushing back start times to combat students' mental health challenges. Seriously? In my experience, we don't get better, stronger, or healthier by making things easier. Know how, you know how to get my blood boiling this early in the morning, Dean. Um, yeah, I'll let you start the conversation. But. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we both have the same feeling here. Is Do that, hard things. Yes. We need to be doing hard things. Our kids need to be doing hard things because guess what? This life is hard, and it's we don't need to be sheltering um kids from hard things it's especially it's especially true for kids right i mean it's it's a habit that you learn whenever you you begin to make everything easy for yourself when you're young well what's going to happen as you get older you're going to you're going to fall into that same pattern Um, and i know we all want things to be easier and we have these things that make things easier you know i was just i was watching a special um uh, I can't remember the name of the show now. It escapes me on the History Channel, and it was talking about kitchen appliances mm-hmm. and the difference between where we are today and all the kitchen appliances that we have today versus what we had 50 years ago, mm-hmm. even 100 years ago, is just incredible. Yeah. The microwave oven has made things so much easier. <laughs> That's probably been the biggest advancement. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, there at one time we didn't have toasters. Think yeah. about that, right? Uh, Think about the, how we take all of these 
appliances for granted, um, and it makes things easier. And that's great. But we still have to do hard things. And we have to search those things out, I think. Yeah. And that's part of what we do as runners. If you're a runner or a walker, you have to be purposeful about going out and making that resistance available to your body so that your body can get healthier, stronger. Yeah. The the, the only way to get stronger, period, is doing hard things. That's and right. uh, Yeah. I mean, I tell, I tell my kids all the time, uh, all growing up, do hard things. It makes you a better person. Absolutely. You know, I have some trouble with my, I've got a problem on my left side, my glute hamstring area, and it's been going on for, for years. It's just something that, that I just have to deal with. And what I have figured out is if I will do some extra strength work um, on a, in a couple of areas, that it will make that problem much better. So the answer to making things easier is actually doing more work, not less work. So a lot of times more work actually makes things easier in the long run, right? Yeah, and I mean, those are principles that we learn in our walk with Christ. I mean, think about what Jesus said. He didn't say, uh, lay down your cross and follow me. He said, pick up your cross daily and and follow me. It's a a picture of of hard. Um, And you're right. The only thing you mentioned in your notes here that, you know, when you go into space, you're muscles begin to atrophy and that's you know you got to think that's one of the reasons god gave us gravity you know because it's just that little bit of resistance that makes us stronger and we don't waste away here on earth and um so yeah to the school system that is moving i'm fine if you move time back times back but let's let's don't do it in the name of making things easier on our kids, um, not that we need to make things overly hard. I'm, I'm, I'm not in that camp, but I'm saying your kids need to experience hard things because they're in 18 years they're going to be facing a hard world, and, right. and they need to know how to navigate it. That's right. Well, let's talk about our trivia question from last week. The trivia question was, there is a marathon that requires you to climb 5,164 steps. What marathon is it? Did you know the answer to this? I didn't. And it, I mean, I should have known it when I saw the answer. When you hear the yeah. answer, yeah, yeah. The answer is the Great Wall of China Marathon, which, again, makes perfect sense. Um, you know, running and walking the Great Wall of China seems like a really cool thing to do for race. I was a little disappointed, though, when I looked at the website to look at how the race logistics work out and everything to find out that there's just a few kilometers that are on the wall. Yeah, I assume the whole thing was on the wall. I would. Because the wall's plenty long enough. Yeah, yeah. But I guess I guess there's a lot of steps on that wall. Yeah. And so doing 26.2 miles of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, 18 miles of that being steps would be pretty tough. <laughs> But uh, but it'd still be cool to do that. And I saw where... So there's 5,000 steps in just a few kilometers? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. That makes... That changes things for me. I mean, 5,000 5, steps is a lot in a marathon. Yeah. You know, vertical steps. But yeah. in just a few kilometers... Yeah. Yeah, they picked the steepest part of that wall to put the race on, it sounds like. <laughs> it looks like that, huh? It's just outside of Beijing, so I'm sure it's in a a, a, a place where, first of all, they can accommodate a bunch of people, mm-hmm. plus 
um, close to one of the big cities, so that's easy to get to. Um, I see where there's. It's not very expensive. There are packages from like seventeen hundred dollars to twenty six hundred dollars, and that includes lodging for like six or seven days. Um, so it's. It doesn't seem crazy expensive. It's an easy place to get to. The only problem is, of course, that doesn't include getting to Beijing, obviously, and that would be pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. I assume I've never flown that far, but I'm assuming that would be a pretty hefty. It's about as far away from us as you can get. It so, is. <laughs> um, I would think that plane ticket would be pretty expensive. I would think so. But I noticed that this group that puts this race on puts on a bunch of other races, very interesting locations, and mm-hmm. they've got one called the fastest race in the world. It drops 6,000 feet in elevation during uh, during this marathon. I can't imagine. It's a 4.5% elevation loss average. Can you imagine how much that would destroy your legs well, running you, a marathon downhill? I've ran a half marathon downhill. It's called Downhill at Dawn. It's, I'll, in, I'll uh, it's, in, you up. it's in North Carolina. And I want to say... It's it's a per, percentage wise, it's a much steeper drop because I want to say it was thirty five or four thirty five hundred or four thousand feet of dropping a half marathon. Wow! Um, but you're right. I mean, it was by far my fastest half marathon ever. I'll, I'll never even come close to that again. But you're right. The next day, I mean, I yeah, I felt like I ran a hundred miles, and I only ran thirteen because that downhill just yeah, you're right. It destroys you. Yeah, there's a local race here that's just an 8K that has a really steep mile that's downhill, and just that race will cause me to take an extra couple of weeks to recover. Is that the Chattanooga? Chattanooga Chase, yeah. I've never run that. I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Well, um, I, all I know is this, is from a running a race standpoint, the number one race anywhere is the Run for God 5K. I'm oh, pretty, yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm There's no sure. question about that. Scientifically, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let me ask you this. Why should somebody who's listening, we've got people out there maybe who are listening to this, and they're not part of Run Club. They just found this podcast. Why should somebody join Run Club? If they already get this podcast, why in the world would somebody join Run Club? Because it, there's so much more than than the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, obviously, the training plans. That's you know that's kind of a foregone conclusion. We have training plans from 5K, 10K, half marathon to full marathon. We have beginner training plans. We have advanced training plans. We have walking plans. So pretty much any kind of training plan you want, we've got it. They've got access to you, the coach, Dean Thompson at runforgod.com. They can email you anytime, ask questions. Um, but probably the biggest thing we have is the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the hardest thing or the most important thing of training is accountability. And, you know, a lot of people, they, they may be part of a running club, but we always say that this club is a community of like-minded believers. And that's the important part because you go on Run Club, and we say this all the time. We said this, I think you said talked about this with Val. You talked about this with um, all your guests that we have on here. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot more than running going on in this club. And $9.97 a month, we always say it's cheaper than a you know a, a Keurig cup of coffee yeah. a day. Not the Starbucks coffee, <laughs> a Keurig cup. I use Kirkland's Keurig coffee pods, and it's it's cheaper than that every day. Um, 
it's you're, you're supporting a ministry that is waking up every day trying to figure out how we can share the gospel with a lost and dying world through the sport of running. All the resources we have, the discounts you get on the gear, um, it's just it's. We always say you and I pinch ourselves mm-hmm. because we're we're talking about episode one sixty five now, and we we get a front row seat to this. Well, if you're part of Run Club, you've got a front row seat right here beside us. Yeah. Uh, because everything that goes on in this ministry, pretty much, we share with everybody. Yep. Everybody's cued in. You can you can be as involved as you want to be. You can be as uninvolved as you want to be. We have we have the stalkers in this club. Yep. We know they're a member, but we never hear from them. Mm-hmm. But we know that they're doing the training, they're doing the plans, and they'll just pop up like Christy Setzer, and That's right. you know she just showed up in Gulf Shores. We never knew her. We never knew who she was. But she had been doing all this the whole time, and she came there and ran her marathon. And now she has one of the greatest stories. Incredible stories. Um, And that's what comes out of this club. That's right. It's the stories that we talk about every week. And we would be hard-pressed to come up with stories every week to talk about on here. These stories are written through this club, yep. and it's um, so yeah. If you're not a member, go to runforgod.com, click on the join button, and and join us for sure. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active? Join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. Okay, so we're back. And uh, Dean and I were just talking during the break, and we need stories. We know that there's stories out there. We, we, we pound this drum almost every podcast. But I know, I, I know without a without a doubt that there's somebody out there listening, and you're thinking, you know, I've always wanted to submit my story, but I just don't know if it's good enough. Don't let that lie get in your head. We need to hear your stories. There are no generic stories. There are no vanilla stories. There are no uh, not good stories. Somebody somewhere will relate to your story, and everybody needs to hear your story. And let me say this, too. A lot of people won't submit their story. There's two reasons why a lot of people don't submit their story, I think. Two two big reasons. One is I I just haven't taken the time to sit down and do it. Mm -hmm. I get that. We're all busy, but, you know, just force yourself to do that. Put it on your calendar or something and do that. The second reason, though, is that people are afraid, well, I can't write. I'm not a writer. I can't write. That does not matter one iota. If you've ever seen a manuscript come back from the editors that that you and I work on, it looks like a bloodbath. That's right. That's right. And I promise you, we will take your story. We We will make sure the story conveys 
the the, the issue that you mm-hmm. want to convey and make it it'll be your story but we can modify that to a point where you'll sound like you'll sound fine you won't you won't sure. even you and you know, nobody will know right so submit your story don't be afraid to write some stuff down and send it on in yep I dare you <laughs> Let's list, let me take let me ask you this hypothetical. Well, not hypothetical. If if you take the average person who's been running, let's say they've been running for a couple of years and you have to give them three pieces of advice as as a runner, what would those three things be? I'm looking at your list and I I I, I, I mean, changed my list, but Well, but the only one that I that stands out to me on your list is the one that I would say, and it's consistency. The first one. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you do, pace. Now, depending on your goals, this may be different. But as far as some just the just the runner out there, pace doesn't matter. How fast you are in reference to your peers doesn't matter. Accolades don't matter. Consistency mm-hmm. is what matters, and it matters because it affects your health. You know, if you make this, let's say you're going to run three times a week, do whatever it takes to run three times a week. If you're going to be walking five days a week, do whatever it takes to get that because the consistency, we've talked about this so many times. Yes, it's going to lead to better health. You're going to have, if, if you make that your your quiet time with God, I mean, I, I, I do a lot of praying during my walking and running. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great time to talk to God. It, it gets you healthy. Mm-hmm. It creates that consistency to where it's not something you do. It just becomes part of who you are. And that's where the magic is. Don't let the lies creep in on you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm too slow. I'm getting older and I'm slowing down. I just don't really need to do this anymore. Um, all, all the things that take us out of this game, this this is a game that is fun. Yes, it's a game that is we're able to spread the gospel through this game. Yes, that's incredible. But what it does for you as a, as a human being, as a person, it bleeds over into so many other areas of your life. And we talk about this all the time. You know, Dave Ramsey talks on his podcast a lot about, you know, if you're going through that journey of, of getting out of debt and things like that, it starts to affect. You hear people come on his show that they got out of debt and they lost 100 pounds in the process. Mm-hmm. It's that discipline. Yep. You know, it may work for us in the opposite way. I'm sure there's people that they've learned that they can do this and they've learned that they can do other things in the process. Yep. And that's what's so cool about anything that is discipline based. It's kind of going back to, you know, what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. It's hard. And when you do hard things, it makes you able to do other hard things. And that's where the secret is. So my long answer is I would have one, and it's consistency. Consistency. That's good. That's good. Well, I would add two things to that. Okay. One is don't uh, run slower on easy days. I think Mm -hmm. that's one thing that most people do Mm -hmm. is they try to hammer themselves every day and don't be afraid to run slow on days where your body feels like it needs to run slow. Now, you may say, I'm already slow. You can be slower. It's why we have those feel-good runs. That's right. The FGR days. It's it's, 
it's giving you permission, even though you don't need permission, but it's the plan giving you permission to just back it way down yep. if you need to. And my last one is this, and it goes back to a lot of what you were just saying. Don't overcomplicate things. Running is a simple sport. Mm-hmm. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't. I see kids after a race. They're, they're always, I had a bad race. It must have been something I ate this morning. It had to be this. It had to be I didn't drink enough. I didn't quit overcomplicating it. You didn't. You didn't have a good day. Let's move on. Let's go forward in the right way. And we overcomplicate running so much. We got to quit that. So okay, I have a. I have something here that I was. I didn't find a place to put it because I thought, well, the door had just opened up where to put it in. And so the door just opened up, so I'm going to put it in here. I've told you about Steve Canfield. He's the guy with Life Action that's been to our church several times. And he sends me a, a text every day. And I'm not the only one. He sends it to a lot of different people. But the text is he reads through the Bible, and he it's basically a verse-by-verse text. But he writes a poem every day about the verse of scripture that he's going through. It's he's incredible at this. Wow. He he's he's writing a book right now whether he knows it or not. But today it just hit me that this goes right along with a lot of things we're talking about in the podcast today. So I'm going to read this poem. Now granted imagine I get one of these every single day from him. And today's it's called Tossed. It says you can always find what you want to hear. There's always a new truth to which you should hear. A new excuse for sin, re-examining morality, finding lost theology, creating new carnality. The human mind is crafty, many carried away, like children tossed and turned, much to God's dismay. Intelligent and famous, celebs and politicians, ignoring the obvious, changing definitions. Don't be led astray by the fleshly or profane. Truth is not that fluid. God's word is clear and plain. And it's from Ephesians 4.14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Wow. And it, it's it's what you just finished with. Yeah. Our society tries to complicate things. Yep. The Word of God and exercise is not complicated. Very simple. Read the Word of God every day, embed it in your heart, and get out and walk or run three times, five times, seven times, whatever whatever your regimen is. Be consistent with it. Yeah. And don't listen to what the world says. Don't if it if it gets complicated, I'm gonna say it's probably wrong. Yeah, you're probably in a lot of, I mean, yeah, now there's some ways it can be better, but if it's taking you away from the word or from your from your routine in exercise, it's probably not right. You're probably right. That's uh is that isn't that Occam's razor, I think. Uh anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But be it, yeah, the simplest solution. The simplest The best idea. solution is often the simplest. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, let's get into our story for today. It's pretty amazing that he can write those like that. That's incredible. Every day. Every single day. Unbelievable. Our story this week comes from Jerry Snyder. <laughs> Jerry's written 
six or seven, eight stories that we've shared on, yeah. on this podcast. Um, he is a, you can tell this guy is just a happy guy, mm-hmm. just a joyful guy. And uh, this kind of, I love, this one is very interesting. It's different, so you'll see. It's called Alphabet Soup. According to author Charles Cap, words are the most powerful thing in the universe. Words are containers. They contain faith or fear and produce after their kind. Have you ever noticed that alphabet soup is the only meal you can enjoy while you eat your own words? <laughs> Come inside and let's have a bowl. No one is certain who came up with the idea of alphabet soup. The best guess seems to be Paris around 1877. Grocery stores there sold small bits of macaroni to put in your soup, and the letters of the alphabet were stamped on the macaroni. Somehow, with the help of the Campbell Soup Company and a few other folks along the way, alphabet soup made its way to our table. Author Hubert Selby Jr. said, There's sorrow and pain in everyone's life, but every now and then there's a ray of light that melts the loneliness in your heart and brings comfort like soup and a soft bed. Let's see if our bowl of alphabet soup can help us find that ray of light Mr. Selby is talking about. Well, what do you know? Here's the letter A. It stands for attitude. I've heard more than one successful person say, attitude is everything. Yum for the letter A. Now let's have another spoonful. Here we have the letter H. One of my favorite words starts with H, is humor. Mark Twain said, humor is mankind's greatest blessing. Next, our our next spoonful features the letter M, and that letter stands for math. The most important math I've ever done or will do is counting my blessings. Pretty good soup so far. What's next? It's the letter B, and it stands for believe. My birthday is October 11th, and among others, I share it with uh, our famous First Lady, Eleanor Roosevelt. She said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. I agree with her. But first, you have to know what your dream is. The poet Johann Wolfgang von Goth said, whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. We only have time for a few more spoonfuls. Now let's see what we can come up with. Here is letter C for courage. You can't have too much of that. Our next letter is E for enthusiasm. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. How about the letter G? That stands for God. A long time ago, someone gave me this advice. Put God in the center and everything will come together. This has been fun. Thanks again and come back soon. I have to hurry off now to the grocery store. They're having a sale on soup and I don't want to miss it. Words are seeds that do more than blow around. They land in our hearts and not the ground. Be careful what you say. You might have to eat what you planted one day. Jerry's a character. Yes, he is. We need to get him live on this podcast we do, at some point. For sure. Yeah. There's got to be the root of a kid's book here. There, absolutely. For sure, right? A kid's book I would read, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I like it. Um, but the general premise that he has here is that words are important. And they are. And they are certainly important. But this is one of those areas where I agree and disagree. Right. Because words are definitely important. Um, 
what we say, we wouldn't have a podcast if it weren't for words, right? Yeah. We wouldn't be able to convey messages to people if we didn't have words. But words are still only words. Mm-hmm. And so many times, particularly in today's society, um, I hear people talking about, I hate to use a political phrase, but words are violence. No, words are words. Right. Words are not violence. And it depends on how we take those words. You remember when we were young, we had this saying, sticks and stones will break my mm-hmm. bones, but words but may never hurt, never hurt me. me. Right. And. We've gotten so far away from that. I haven't heard somebody bring that up in the, you know in just a general conversation in a very long time. Yeah, and I think it's because we have gotten to the point now where we we let a word mm-hmm. control us so sure. much. So we have to be careful with that. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, you need to live by you need to live by both of those. You need to live by the idea that when when you're on the receiving end. Sticks and stones break your bones and words will never hurt you. But when you're on the giving end, mm-hmm. you, you need to live on the notion of your words can hurt. And we need to control our words and and not allow the words we receive to hurt us. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It, it does make sense. And I, I was thinking in, in society now, one of the things that disturbs me, you know that I, I've been coaching this college, women's college team for years. And what I have found is that we'll be at track meets where there's big crowds around. And I will hear people using some of the most vile language right around the area where I'm at. And I have a hard time with it. You know yeah. me. Uh, I'm very... Um, it's, that's a black and white issue for me yeah. when, when you're, you, you know, if, if you're doing that. And so I will have something to say to somebody. But we seem to think that words are, the words people use don't seem to be important in some contexts. And then in other, con, you know, the words on TV these days. Are, yeah, it's gotten are, bad. Yeah, it's gotten bad. But here's the thing. And here's all this negative stuff about words and, and the idea of how you take words and how important all that is. The most important thing that I think that Jerry is trying to convey here is that our words have the power to lift people up. Yeah. And how many times have you heard a word from somebody that is just, it just makes you feel good? Yeah, and I've, I've always tried, I mean, one thing I try to do, and I'm not perfect at it, but you know, we live in a, a day now where most of our communication is through text messages. If you're, if you're like me, most of your communication is text messages. And I always try, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I always try to start my text with, how are you? I hope everything's well. And sometimes I catch myself just going right to the point, and we've gotten so poignant because text, it it is the quickest way to convey information, but it's also the easiest way to do away with... um, I don't want to say pleasantries because I'm I'm not a small talk person. Yeah. But asking somebody how their day is. Yeah. You know, simple little things is text messaging, the age of Twitter and, you know, few characters. We we've gotten away from the we just want the information. We don't really care how you're doing. Yeah. And and I I don't think that's most of our intentions. No, I'm sure it's not. It's not, but, but it comes across that way sometimes. But it can, you know. It's you talk about words, and you know, you talk on down about prescribing motive to people's words. I know 
we, we hear some communications around here sometimes or some conversations around here sometimes that, you know, at Run for God, somebody, because we, we get some pretty, every once in a while, we get a pretty colorful email that yeah. comes in and just kind of telling us what they think about us, and that's fine. Um, but sometimes I'll hear some of our, our teams saying, I got this email today, and they said, da 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 and I'll say, well, maybe they said, da 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 da. You know, it's yeah. you start to put attitude with those texts. So the mm-hmm. the point is, if you're going to text, if you're going to message people like that, do it in a way that's obvious your yeah. motive, because your motive can be taken completely out of context when it's and it's that human touch that yeah. we're losing and we need to inject back in. Yeah, for sure. Matthew 4.4 4 says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Of course, this is Jesus using the Bible to beat back the devil, using the words of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's using a scripture. This comes from, this is actually quoting out of Deuteronomy. Um, and it kind of tells us how important God's words are that God himself mm-hmm. uses God's word <laughs> to, to make a point. Um, you know, we all need food and drink to survive, but um, just like the physical nourishment that we have to have in order for us to, to get by um, and to live, we also need spiritual nourishment. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. And p- people would say, well, I know people who they're not believers and they're still alive. And I would argue, no, they're not. Right. They're not alive. Um, and the Bible is clear. that mm-hmm. tells us they're not alive. They may be alive physically, but they're not alive spiritually. Mm-hmm. And uh, being alive spiritually is just as important or more important than being alive physically. Sure. And uh, so I think we... Uh, we have to understand how important the words, God's word, actually is. Right. Proverbs sixteen twenty four, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for your body. <laughs> I like that. That that sounds like uh, words are like dessert. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of goes to what I was just saying. I mean, it's it's. It's telling us to be intentional about the words we use, and you know it's why it's why I think you and I have both done this before. You, you write that email that you want to send to somebody, mm-hmm. just just pump the brakes before you hit the mm-hmm. send button because you know you can not only can you damage somebody else with your words, but you can damage your testimony. Mm-hmm. And what we're to do in our walk with Christ above most everything is protect our testimony mm-hmm. um, don't don't be a stumbling block for somebody don't give uh, reason for people to accuse us of you know being whatever um, we need to out from the mouth comes the overflow of the heart you know first of all you need to check your heart mm-hmm. you need to be in God's word every day and you need to be praying and you need to be reading his word and that that will that's what sweetens that's what that's what produces the words that come out that are like honey that that proverbs is talking about here um but sometimes we we stump our toe and we we type that email we type that text 
pump the brakes. Yeah. And I'm not throwing stones here because I've sent them, and it's almost. Isn't it funny how almost immediately when you hit the send button, you're like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Why did I do that? Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, not jabbing you. It's just smacking you in the face. Yeah. Um, So pray about it. And that's hard to do in the moment. Somebody sends you that text and you want to fire back or you want to you see that post on social media and you want to tell them what you think or you see that ad on TV and you want to write the CEO of the company. You know, I know you like to do that. Yeah, you, yeah. you like to go right to the top, yeah. which is good. Yeah, it's it's I'm not saying that's bad, but sometimes the words we type in that first message aren't aren't helping the cause of Christ. Yeah. It's it's only providing us with some I don't know what the right word is for it. Uh satisfaction, but a lot of times that satisfaction is very short-lived. For sure. I think one of the things about the way this is it says kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for your body. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting the way God connects the words we use to the health of our body, mm-hmm. to us physically, that kind words are important to our well-being physically. Sure. And I don't know that we connect those very often. We, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we like to, but, but feeling good about yourself, getting that text from somebody saying, hey, thank you, we really appreciate you, is... It, it, it releases endorphins and it helps you. It makes you feel good physically and it's good for your body. And I think that's something that we should all recognize as we go through the checkout line and you've clearly got somebody who's overwhelmed and frustrated trying to keep up their job. What's wrong with a kind word to say, hey, you're doing a great job. Just want you to know. It makes all the difference. It does. I mean, because think about it. You've, you've gotten that email from somebody before that just oh, yeah. says, thank you and how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. We need to be replicating that. We're trying to do more of that because everything around us is saying do opposite that. And that's how we can be different. We can that's that's not an easy thing to do. Do the hard things like we talked about earlier. Be different and that shines the love of Christ. And as Christians, that's what we're supposed to do. Exactly. For sure. Proverbs 15.1, a soft word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. (laughs) Of course, I know this one about as well as anybody, because I have stirred up a lot of anger in my life. Um, And and I've been stirred up by other people's often. I'm, I'm so familiar with the way that this verse talks about life going. Um... It's so hard for me to avoid. It's my personality, you know, for some people. Some people's personality is to just, maybe they get offended, maybe they withdraw, but they, that's what they do. They, their reaction is to withdraw. My reaction is to lash right back out at mm-hmm. you. And uh, that's not a good thing. Um, and I think it's a lot like, I always use the analogy, and I hope this is, is okay, be, be going through the things that you've been through, but I, I think some people are just hardwired to become alcoholics, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, there's, there are casual drinkers out there who have a drink three or four times a week, every week. They never become alcoholics. They're not even close to an alcoholic, mm-hmm. right? And then there's people who they drink a couple of times, and the next thing you know, they're it's a dependency, mm-hmm. and they're they're hooked on. It's the same thing for everybody has something they're predisposed, I think, to be hooked on. My thing is anger and lashing back out at people mm-hmm. who hurt me. 
And just like an alcoholic doesn't need to be hanging around with where where alcohol is being consumed because that'll make them fall back into those patterns. I have to be careful when things come up not to fall back into those patterns. And this is this is just with words, it's one more way for us um, and one thing where some people are susceptible. I know people it doesn't matter what you say to them. It's not going to affect them. Mm-hmm. I remember a lady I used to work with. Her name's Tanya. Most precious lady. I love that lady. It didn't matter what you said to that girl. I, it just didn't matter. She was never going to respond in any kind of a negative way, no matter who said what. And that was how she's hardwired. And that's great. But she had other things that she had to work on. But words are important. Yeah, and I think, and I think you you even mentioned this maybe on down in the questions. But I I think one thing that I've learned through the years to to be per, perceptive of is what's behind that. What's yeah. behind those words? What's behind the alcoholism? What's behind the drug abuse? What's behind? And it's it's at the end of the day, it's a person. It's whatever whatever sin you want to put there. Mm-hmm. What's behind that is a person who doesn't want to be like that. You know, the most angry, grouchy, cranky person you can think of. In their heart of hearts, they don't want to be like that. That alcoholic. They, they didn't go take that first drink and say, I'm going to become a raging alcoholic and, and lose everything I've got. Mm-hmm. No. You know, my, my father didn't set out to do that mm-hmm. 40 years ago. And I think one thing that God has really gifted me with, is that the right term, is, is a little bit of that perception that... Oh, and, and I used to not be this way. I would just go right back at somebody like you would. Yeah. But I think now it's I had a, I had a disagreement with somebody on a on a job site here a while back, and I didn't react how I used to would have react. I found myself thinking something's going on at home. Yeah, something's going on at home with this guy because he's not usually like that, and I, I don't know. I and I and I. I pray for more of that because that's I think that's the perception we all need more of is rather than lash back out because they did it to us. Right. You know, that's we were we're trying to give ourselves a pass. But that is a golden opportunity, probably one of the best opportunities to shine the love of Christ. You know, a soft word turns away wrath. But you could also say a soft word turns away wrath and it shines the love of Christ. Yeah. Because that person you're talking with, they know that's not Dean. Yeah. So what's behind that? You know, their their perception starts to kicking in saying, Well, that's not the Dean I used to know. Yeah. Why is he being so nice when I'm just being a jerk? Yeah. And so it works both ways. It does. And, um and unfortunately in today's world we have become so polarized these yeah. days. And so our our initial response to everybody depends on what you're worldview is right. right if your worldview matches my worldview i'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and i'm going to think good things and i'm going to assume you had good intentions but if you have a different worldview than i have then i'm going to assume your intentions are awful and that you are being a, an idiot or whatever you know whatever right. word you want to use 
And that's where we as Christians have to be different. We have to realize, because I, I hear it all the time, you know, people ascribe. I remember there was a situation where, and this was really poignant to me at the time. There was a situation. It was one of those things. It was uh, one of those big news stories. And people were arguing that, um, you know, there was a, a somebody who had done something wrong. Mm-hmm. They were basically a criminal. They did something wrong. And then the police acted in a certain way. And the police didn't act right either. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there. But, but what I heard from people were, people were either on this, the guy's side who was a part of the story or the policeman's side and people were taking sides yeah. and I'll never forget there was a, somebody who was a friend of mine who just said and you could feel the compassion in their voice as they said it and they said I feel so bad for both of them this is such a tragic situation and you could hear the compassion for the, the guy that was involved the criminal and the policeman Mm -hmm. and and it really opened my eyes because that's how Christians should react. Nobody woke up situation. that morning wanting to be in that situation. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But they found themselves in that situation. And we're we're all imperfect. And we're not gonna we're not gonna handle things right every time. Right. And uh, this is a, an opportunity for us through our words, as Jerry's talking about here. To make an impact, that guy who stopped in the middle of that, as I was, ta- I was taking a side mm-hmm. in my case, and he said, "Let's look at this differently. Let's have mm-hmm. compassion on both." That's sides. wisdom. Yes, it yeah. definitely was. How about this question? How do you handle it when someone is saying unkind words to you? <laughs> I think I just said. <laughs> Normally, my my response is to lash back out at them, but this is somewhere where God has been working on me. I'm better at it than. I used to be, um, and I'll, I'll say this even too about myself. I mean, this was this is applies to a person. Um, if there's merit to what you're saying, and you've said it in a way that's respectful, I'm pretty quick to to back up and go, "Ooh, I hadn't looked at it that way." You're right. You know, what I mean, I, I don't think. This idea of kind words doesn't mean agreeing with everybody and telling everybody that everything they do is great. We we have that problem. We have the participation trophy issue mm-hmm. in our society as well, and we don't need that. I need somebody to hold me accountable yeah. and say you need to you need to fix that, right? Um, but there, there's a way to do it, and we have to be open to constructive criticism. We as coaches. You know, what's better than an athlete who listens to everything you say and does what you ask them to do? And and in the end, things typically work out mm-hmm. because they're open to things. They're open to changing things. And we have to be that way. Yeah, for sure. Another question. Someone Has someone ever told you that the right word at the right time changed their life? <laughs> That changed. Has someone ever told you that the right word at the right time changed their life or changed your life? I guess I would say for the answer, your life, yes. Um, And 
irony of this is a lot of times it's not the things that we want to hear, but it's the things we need to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, there's no better example in the context of Run for God than H.R. Poe. Yep. He was confronting me about something that I didn't want to hear the words he said, the seven words he said. Mitch, don't let this become your God. I didn't want to hear that. It mm-hmm. made me mad. But thankfully, God and the Holy Spirit moved in and made me realize over the the following days that that wasn't HR. There again, that was not HR's tone. Mm -hmm. That was not something that HR would normally say. And maybe that's where that perception started. I don't know, because what the Holy Spirit revealed to me over the next few days was he helped me look beyond what HR was saying. It was it wasn't it wasn't something that HR woke up that morning and said, you know, I'm gonna to go to church today and I'm gonna confront Mitchell Hollis. Yeah. It's not what happened. Right. But he said something to me that offended me. But thankfully I was able to look past and 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 the Holy Spirit by thumping me in the head, I got over my own self. And realized that there was merit. There was something behind what he was saying. And in that case, it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so, yeah, you take. And I would say a lot of times it's it's the criticism. Yeah. That offer up those jewels. Yeah. Um, of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will use a lot of things to get your attention, and He will use other people. Yeah, for sure. And sometimes those things. You get defensive and you say that. I, why did he say that to me? But look beyond. Look beyond. Always look beyond the person that's saying these things. And because sometimes it may be something going on in their life. It may be the Holy Spirit working in their life. It may be the Holy Spirit working in your life through them. Yeah. And we need to be open to all those possibilities. We do. I never forget somebody one time. We were. I was at work and I was. I was doing shift work and I was following some. Actually, that person followed me and I followed him. It was a 12 hour shift kind of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember just letting him have it one day about how things were left for our shift. And, um, and I remember, never forget his words. He said, you need to clean up around your own back door before you come snooping around mine. Now, it was it was a negative thing to say at the time, but I got to looking at it and I thought, you know what? He's right. Yeah. He is 100% right. And it wasn't that he was saying, look, I'm 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 perfect and you're not. It was, you know, look, we all have issues. I'm trying to do the best I can here and you're not helping me. You know what I mean? And in in the end, uh, we got to a point where we worked together much better because he kind of confronted me and said mm-hmm. something that at first, man, when he said it, I was like, man, I was. Oh, mad. no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. right. But it, but it, it, again, in the long run, it was it was a good thing. Yeah, it was a good thing. Last question. What are some words that have inspired you? I can't help but think about all the stories that we've shared here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of days where the things that we do here is, is it's really fun. Um, 
there are also some days where we we're, we're challenged with the things that we do. Um, but then you think about a story like last week, Anne Marie's story last week. I've talked about that old. several times this past week. All the issues that she had, and I mean, it makes you realize, you know what? When I think things are tough, things are just not tough. Yeah, they're just not. Mm-hmm. You know, quit your whining and move on. And I think those things. A lot of times it's those things that inspire me to, to do the things that we do. Um, and, of course, you know, you have Bible verses and quotes. You have other things that do that. Uh, one of my favorite quotes that, that inspires me is, the will to win is not nearly as important as the will to prepare to win. Mm-hmm. I love the competition. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hate preparing for the competition. Sure. Prepare, the preparing is just as important as the actual competition. Um, that that one, that's usually credited to Bobby, Bobby Knight. There's some others. I think mm-hmm. Juma Kanga, the runner, I think maybe was the guy who said that also. But anyway. It's a it's a neat thing, um, and then of course, how do you, how do you think I, I write Dean's thoughts? You know, mm-hmm. I take something that somebody said somewhere, and I, 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 I it plants a seed. That seed grows into this bringing some things together and into a story. Um, and the, I say all of that to say this: there, there's inspiration all around us if we'll just take the time to look around us and see it. Just open your eyes. Yeah, it's right there. We can all point to someone who helped in our life journey, can't we? Those people are important in our lives, and the chances are that you have been that person for someone else. One of the best ways you can become that person who God uses to impact others is by leading one of our challenge classes. We have the 5K Challenge for Beginners, the 10K Challenge, and even Half Marathon and Marathon Challenges. You can help someone with one of their bucket list items, and the best part is that they can become closer to Christ while checking it off. Go to runforgod.com and learn more about how you can lead a challenge class today. We've made it easy for you. Check it out today. You won't regret it. You know, the other day it, it struck me that, you, you know, you can do too much strength training. It's something that I've had to do a little bit more of more, more recently. Just as I get older, you, you need strength training more. And so I, I, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it at all. But it's something that, that we need to do. But I've seen people that are on the other side of that as well. People who they do too much strength training and it hurts their running. They need a little more cardio. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I've seen that happen often with and I don't want to throw any anything particularly under the bus but the uh, uh, what's the the big craze that was about 10 years ago with uh, oh CrossFit 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 yeah. was one of those things where some people got so into CrossFit um, I even had a guy that he actually owns a CrossFit gym great guy but he, he, he suggested that I read this book about how doing lots of CrossFit will make you a better runner mm-hmm. and I read the book and I was like he and I got back together and I thought, I don't agree with a lot of what this book says. <laughs> because I think you can do too much. I think you got to find a happy medium. Everything in moderation. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, it's the key. Yep, yep. Um, and I like to do, like, body weight stuff. Um that's I think that's plenty for mm-hmm. runners to do to keep us going well. Um, 
I've always done a little bit of upper body stuff. I remember when I was younger, I used to do, I would do 50 to 100 push-ups before every run. Mm-hmm. I would just get down on the ground, pump out a bunch of push-ups, and then I'd get up and I'd go run. Yeah. And it was, you know, push-ups are good because it, it uses a lot of different muscles, including your core. And so so that was just something that I did. It just kept me going. Yeah, I mean, I've said for years, even when we were coaching the, the young triathletes, I mean, for some of them, we did some body weight exercise. And, and there again, this is the simplicity. I mean, if you do push-ups, pull up, sit up, squats. Mm-hmm. I mean, as simple as that is, that pretty much hits everything in the body. It does. And um, sometimes the the simplicity of that, because when it's simple, it's easier to get it done. You don't have to really go anywhere. If you got a, you can throw a pull up bar in your doorway of your house, yep. and you can pretty much do everything in your house. And that makes it uh, to where you don't have to have a gym membership and find time to go to the gym. Um, sometimes the answer is just keep it simple. Yep. Yep. I remember when I was young, I never had to do any lower body stuff at all. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was really strong. I never really had to do any of that. But as I get older, I find I got to do more. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're finding that you need to do a little bit more strength work, uh, then do it. Make it simple. Just like you said, it's more likely you'll do it. I have to do that. And it, it works for me. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, how important is your focus to your running? This story is called Where Your Focus Goes. If you've ever watched a serious arm wrestling match, you know how focused the athletes are as they step to the table. They must focus all their energy into their right arm as soon as the match begins. If they're not focused, the match won't last long. Where your focus goes, that's where your energy flows. I learned a few things about archery a few years ago. While there are some important technical things to learn, I found that the sport requires hyper-focus. Everything has to come together at the split second of release. If it doesn't, your arrow will not hit the bullseye. Where your focus goes, that's where your energy flows. When you play golf, the goal is to channel all your energy into the few square inches in surface area at the end of a golf club to hit a golf ball less than two inches wide. If you want to hit it straight and long, it requires focus both physically and mentally. One wrong flinch and you'll be searching for your golf ball. Where your focus goes, that's where your energy flows. In the game of chess, players must be thinking several moves ahead in order to outmaneuver their opponents. A player who is not thinking ahead will not beat a good player. Where your focus goes, that's where your energy flows. Every sport requires varying degrees of mental and physical focus. Chess is all mental. Arm wrestling is mostly physical. But focus is always important. So what about running and walking? If you're running on a trail, you better pay close attention. But if you're on a sidewalk or a track, do you really need to focus on what you're doing? They don't require the same level of focus, do they? Well, no, but yes. It depends on how you look at it. Well, why do I say that? Because where your focus goes, that's where your energy flows. We're all focused on something all the time. If you're awake, your brain is busy. 
but what is it focusing on? When you're running, are you thinking positive thoughts? Are you thinking about how bad the run hurts? Are you focused on your labored breathing? Or are you praising God for giving you the ability to do what you're doing? Are you focusing on your quad, that your quads are burning as you go up the hill? Or are you thinking about how that burning feeling is making you fitter? What we think about as we run makes a difference to how the run feels. Put another way, as physical as running is, it is more like a ch- more like chess than arm wrestling when it comes to focusing your energy. If you focus your energy on feeling bad, then all the things you're in your body that feel bad will start shouting at you about how bad they feel. If you're fo- if you focus on something positive, those bad feelings can fade into the background because they're not the focus. Where your focus goes, that's where your energy flows. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We become more Christ-like by focusing on Him. Again, where your focus goes, that's where your energy flows. Where is your spiritual focus? Is it on God or revenge? Is it on Jesus or bitterness? Is it on the creator of the universe or is it on the traffic in front of you? It is your choice what we focus on, our choice what we focus on. I like what Joshua said. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What are you focusing on when you run, walk, ride a bike, or whatever activity you do? Are you focusing on the negative aspects of the activity, or are you focusing on positive things that are transforming you? It is your choice what you focus on. Just remember, where your focus goes, that's where your energy flows. First of all, great, great thought, Dean. I think this is one of the, when you read this, you're like, yes, that makes perfect sense. But would you agree with me, this is probably one of the hardest principles to accept when it's being directed at you. Absolutely. And I, I'm thinking just, just this week, one of my kids, I won't say a name, <laughs> you had prescribed a tempo run <laughs> and he'd come in and I was like I had to go well it didn't go too good he said I did two miles and I stopped and then I tried to do two more and it just didn't work out and this particular kid is also the one that when he was really young when he would run by himself he couldn't hit paces to save his life but when you put him with an- another friend who had the same problem they got to talking and they always hit their paces. Yeah. But telling him this principle is like me talking to that wall right there. You're right. And but and I'm not saying anything about my kid because I do the same thing. You know, you you crumbled on that run. Well, I I mean you did it to me on the track just here all back, and I'll make up every excuse in the world. Well, not so much me because I, I'm pretty hard on myself and I was like yeah you're right I will regret that tomorrow I don't care I'm still you know (laughs) but but the point is this is so simple 
we're, we're, we're talking about simplicity a lot today. Yeah. It's so simple, and it's so simple to point the finger at somebody else and say, look, you're, you're just thinking wrong about that workout or that run or whatever. And that advice is right yeah. so many times. But so many times we we come up with excuses. Yeah. Well, you just don't know how I'm feeling. Well, yes, I do. I've been there before. Mm-hmm. And I know that it was a beautiful day for you to be out there on the track. And there was no reason you shouldn't have hit those times other than the six inches between your ears. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you, you need to send this Dean's thoughts to that child that I'm <laughs> talking about. But, yeah, I mean, we've dealt with it for years. You've dealt with it with yep. the college girls. We deal with it with yeah. all the high school kids. It's the, it's the. what are you focusing on? Are you going to focus on the pain? Are you going to focus on the the feeling at the end? If you yeah. focus on that pain, you're never going to get to the end. That's right. I like this, uh, this story of the wolf and the dog. I, almost everybody has probably heard this story, but it's uh, this is the Native American version. It says... Um, Here is a dog, said the medicine man. It is intelligent, loving, kind, and trustworthy. And here is a wolf, malevolent, vicious, and ready to kill. He continued, the dog and the wolf are fighting, and they are both inside of you. Which one will win, asked the lad anxiously. Whichever one you feed, said the medicine man gravely. I'd never heard that. Have you never heard that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, inside all of us is this negative side and this positive side. And the truth is, is which one are you feeding most often? We're feeding both of them some. Uh, you know, we're all feeding both sides. Mm-hmm. We're all, we all think negative thoughts. We all think positive thoughts. But which one are you really giving breath to? Which right. one are you? You know, I, I just know you know people. We all know people who everything that happens, there's a negative side to everything sure. they do. Mm-hmm. And that's unhealthy right. when everything is negative. Um, you got to feed that positive side. And how do we do that? Well, we have to do it purposefully. We have to go out and, and purposefully do some of the things I was talking about here. When you're doing that hill workout and it's killing you, you need to think in the middle of that workout, this is going to make me better. And it differs for everybody. It does. You know, those two young athletes, putting them together and letting them talk and them hitting their times, that worked for them. Yeah. But for some of our other athletes, they could shine on their own. It was other things that they dealt with. That's right. So you, you have to figure out, we can't just sit here and say, do this and your runs will be better. That's very individualized. But the point is, you've got to be honest with yourself to figure out what those hurdles are because we're human. We don't want to admit that, well, I'm just weak in this area. Well, the first way to become strong in an area is to first admit you're weak. Yep. And so we, we just don't want to do that. It, we, It's pride. It's I don't know what all it is. It's a lot of different things. But, you know, the first step to fixing something is to admit that it's broke. Yep. Yep. Feed the dog. Yep. And not the wolf. Good word, Dean. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, 
you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the Bible every day for a full year. We go through the hard-to-pronounce names and all. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run for God Run Club to get access, so if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. And every week I share running, why running or walking is so awesome. And this is a great reason. It is a sport that you can pick up at any age. We just last week shared the story of somebody who was 71 years old and they were a beginner. Mm -hmm. Now, what other sport do you have that you can start at 71 years old? There just aren't many. There are some. I mean, chess maybe. I don't know. Golf maybe. You might be able to pick golf up late. But even even golf at 71 is a little late probably. Yeah. I mean, running, walking, do it any time. And what's cool about it, too, is that a lot of times you can have that 71-year-old walking with a 6-year-old. Yeah, and they can do the same activity. That's the cool thing about uh, that's, that's the thing about the cool thing about Run for God classes yeah. in the communities is, you know, we cross every kind of um, demographic, demographic, socioeconomical, age, whatever. We we everybody is welcome. You know, we've had I've personally taught classes where I've had seven year olds and seventy year olds. Um, in the same class, yeah. learning the same curriculum, doing the same workouts, and now that that narrows the field down even more because there's not many things out there where you can have that kind of dynamic. Yeah. And uh, you know, and it's funny because the seven year old can learn from the seven year old. Yeah. How, how often do you see that? So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's really cool to see, and that's one thing that we're really excited about. The classes are starting to come back. You know, COVID just absolutely obliterated Run for yeah. God classes, and uh, it's cool to see that that's coming back. We're putting some things in place right now that uh, is going to hopefully bolster that. But yeah, it's I'm excited to see the marriage of Run Club and the local classes starting to come back together. Yeah. It's going to be uh, it's going to be, be a big thing for the future. Yeah. Let me give you this hypothetical situation. You take 100 high school kids at random, okay? So you just take 100 high school kids, and you train them for a year to run a mile as hard as they can run. And assume, let's just make this assumption that they're all motivated to want to do it, right? What do you think the average time would be for those 100 kids? We know this hypothetical in, in another area. In the area of triathlon, and and we've talked about this before. Yeah, it's not as it won't be as fast as the fastest one on the team, and it won't be as slow as the slowest one on the team. I think it'll fall somewhere right in the middle there. Yeah, the average is will be the the middle. But where where do you think that is? I mean, what do you what do you think that would be? High school high school kids, average high school kid. You train them for a year to run a mile. They're motivated to try to run a mile, but they're all training together. They're, they're yeah, I guess yeah. How how what what time wise? What do you think it would be for a mile after a year? 
Are you saying an average time? Yeah, or? yeah. yeah. What, what, what would the average time of those hundred kids be? Five minutes. You think? So? You think it'd be that fast? Well, you, I, I don't know the I don't know the physiology of all these athletes. Right, but right. I'm just saying a hundred at random. <laughs> oh, a hundred at random. Yes, just random high school yes, kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Six, yeah, seven. Yeah. So I'm thinking somewhere around six minutes, probably. Yeah. You probably. Well, and I say that guys probably six minutes, girls probably seven minutes. Yeah, maybe something like that. Um, that that's my thoughts. Is I thought you were talking about. A hundred kind of high performance. Oh no, no! Because we've talked about this yes. with a particular training group in the country that you know we wonder is they're taking a group of some of the best athletes, and is that actually good for all of the athletes? Yeah, it's definitely good for some. Yeah, the slower ones, but is it bad for the faster ones? Right, and is it better if you're a faster athlete to train on your own? Yeah. You know that I think that's still to be determined. I'm, yeah, I'm still watching all those dynamics take place, but for sure, um, yeah. Well, let's take that same thing. Let's take a group of forty-year-olds. How, how do you think forty-year-olds would do? Random forty-year-olds, random, hundred random forty-year-olds, yeah, and take an average mile. So, if high school is six minutes for guys, seven minutes for girls, what do you think? And it's for one year. For one year, yeah, yeah, eight. Yeah, you think? Eight minutes. You're probably about right. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. That sounds good. I don't know. It's an interesting yeah, thought. It's, yeah. it's an interesting thing to think about. Well, I feel like this whole, you know, the super shoes thing now has gotten to the point of exaggeration that's crazy. So I read this recent article on CNN. It said this was the title of the article. Like a chairlift up Everest, once running Supreme Challenge has the value of a four minute mile diminished. In other words, that's clickbait right there. That's yeah, just it is. But they're they're basically and during in the article it says, you know, somebody makes the comment that wearing super shoes now is like taking a chairlift to the top of Everest. I'm like, mm. oh, that person needs to put on a pair of those super shoes and run us a four minute mile. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'd love to see that too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because um, there's still a lot of work involved. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it when mile. they just simply. It's like it's like Kipchoge when he ran the sub two hour people yeah. were just trashing him they were making it sound like this very thing yeah. oh it's just his shoes did it for him no he still ran sub two hours yeah he still ran 437 pace I don't care two if hours. he was drafting a freight train yeah he still <laughs> made his legs move that fast for that amount of time which is incredibly impressive and it's never been done before That's so right. you gotta give him props there a hundred percent yes and I just thought this was just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, no matter what, we like to talk about how training methods have changed and things are, you know, we, we feel like we're getting better and more efficient at things. It's still hard. Don't expect to go out there and do something big without it being hard because mm-hmm. it's hard. It's always going to be hard. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me leave you with a trivia question for this week. There is a race with over 50,000 participants and even more spectators where costumes are worn and there is a centipede division. What is the name of the race? 
You had to go searching this one out. Yeah, you have I to. I don't look, have a clue. Probably have to look at this one. This one's been around for a long time, too. I really? remember this being around back when I was running in high school. I remember reading in Runner's World about this race. So it's, really? it's a race that's been around for a long time. Yes. Hmm. And it's uh, it's had some pretty competitive people running in this race as well. So it's kind of an interesting race. It's a little uh, different, for sure. If you know the answer to that, or if you've Googled the answer to that, and you now know the answer to that, send it to dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to answer that question correctly, you'll win $20 off in the Run for God store. Hmm. Pretty awesome. All right. Let me leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It comes from Jenny Craig. You know who Jenny Craig is? The, diet, the lady. diet lady. Yeah. 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 This is really good. I love this quote. I do, too. It's not what you do once in a while. It's what you do day in and day out that makes the difference. Mm, that's so good. I see a theme here this week. I do. Yeah. And this simple and consistent. Her 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 quote here made me think, and I'm trying to think of who I heard this from. They were talking about how we put so much emphasis on, like, um, he was using the example of family time. And he was saying how we put so much emphasis on that vacation where we're going to have family time and, and all that. But he he was talking about it's what you do day in. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast. It's making time for 20 minutes a day to have a conversation with your wife will take you much further than a three-week vacation with your yep. wife. It's the things you do day in and day out. That goes for our fitness. It goes for our relationships. And it goes... Or I walk with Christ. You know, if you think that church service every Sunday morning, which is great and everybody needs to be there, if you think that is going to get you closer to Christ more effectively than 15, 20 minutes a day in His Word, you're dreaming. That's right. 15, 20 minutes a day, while they're both necessary, is, is going to reap you much more than one hour a week in your church service. So let me let me say once again, that's not to take anything away from the church service. For sure. But it's your daily walk with Christ is what matters. That's right. All right. Until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.